I would like to welcome uh, each and every person here to uh, the retreat together to this five-day period that we have and in this the opening talk with you I would like to speak uh, generally about spiritual life and practice about the history and the process of um, meditation, insights, meditation and also about the general timetable of these days that we have here. A little uh, earlier on, uh, Christina, who is uh, co-teaching the uh, retreat, what was here, and in coming uh, on the road from Totnes, where we live, um, some of the lanes specifically were rather uh, icy, and I found my own car, uh, drifting a little bit and having some difficulty in getting up uh, some of the hills. So after talking with Christina, felt it was better and safer for her to uh, return straight home rather than leave it till later on this evening because the probability, according to the weather forecast, is that it would be an extremely cold night and temperatures will drop to minus four, minus five degrees, uh, if not more. <coughs> so I'm sitting uh, beside me is uh, Russell, Russell Walker, who has been connected with uh, Gaia House in various roles in the past five or six years, and was a manager at the Barn Community, which is a sister community to Gaia House a few miles uh, from here, and Russell will be assisting Christina and I during these days here together, both in the one-to-one meetings, guided meditations, small groups, uh, etc. And he has been uh, helping the two of us for some months now. In speaking to you about uh, the retreat, and entering into such uh, an environment as this for a few days, of course the motives and intentions um, might vary quite considerably from one person to uh, another. And uh, a day or two ago I uh, received, or Guy House actually, received a telephone call from the Sunday Independent um, newspaper and the reporter was a little curious as to the reasons why some people would want to go on a retreat, particularly at this time of the year. And he asked me, well, what are some of the motives and reasons for people coming? And I said, well, there are probably are a few uh, refugees from consumerism who are here, but for others it might just be that this is the appropriate time of the year or the opportunity has uh, arisen and certainly with the retreat taking um, place that the number in the, if we had the space at Gaia House would be easily double that for some uh, uh, weeks especially during the month of December telephone calls and letters come in for people wanting to come and uh, sit the retreat at this, particularly at this time of the year And, as you can see, we endeavour as much as possible to provide uh, places so it's a little bit tight with the space for as many people as the house can accommodate. (coughs) 
for a number of you coming into a retreat, it will be the first uh, time, first exposure to retreat situations, perhaps here or anywhere else. There are others of you who are familiar with the way of meditation, with the atmosphere of silence and stillness and depth of uh, inner exploration. And there are some people in the room here who have done many, many retreats, both here and elsewhere, and have experienced extensive periods of solitude and, and extensive periods of silence, as well as in group situations. And so it's a, a very familiar, deeply familiar uh, world or environment to participate in. And the teachings here and everything which says and uh, un uh, takes place during the time here is, of course, to meet as much as we possibly can the, the needs, the concerns and issues, in fact, of those who are completely new to this kind of work and exploration, to those of you who have some familiarity, as well as to those of you who have many years of exposure to these uh, teachings and practices. And of course with that there is a very long-standing um, practice and um, tradition which is here at work and in uh, meeting with uh, somebody two or three, three days ago I was uh, uh, asked about what is our relationship to the past, to tradition and certainly for a number of us, and I include myself here, that the influence of the Buddhist tradition in general is quite noticeable. The love of silence and stillness, the depth of meditation, the ethical foundations, the realization of wisdom and insight, the uh, heart and voice of compassion and kindness in life, the realizing of the true nature of things, these, for anyone who has had any exposure to the Buddhist tradition, will be very, very familiar to the language and the experience in these areas. There. And that's the tradition, that is the one that I and other friends who come here feel connected with. But the tradition which is somewhat suffocated, I do feel, with regard to a lot of form, to Buddhism and all the trappings that go with it has never, even when I was a Buddhist monk, uh, of much interest to me and it's even less now that I've got long hair rather than shaved head. And what really matters far more significantly is our way of being in this world, our way of relating both to ourselves and others and life itself and what is to be discovered and realized in life when we touch deeper things of life. That's what matters, and that's the tradition which I support, subscribe to, feel connected to, and feel a tremendous support for, and that tradition is 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years old or, or more, wherever men and women gather together to look at life, to see and to bring awareness to the immediacy of life, and to see what is to be discovered which often a lot of conceptualizations, a lot of thinking, thinking, and a lot of doing, 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 obsessing, 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 simply hinders the opportunity for a person to touch deep things of life. And so the tradition has wisely 
and beneficially pointed out to all of us again and again that we need to generate it might be for a short period of time a certain kind of atmosphere and situation to look deeply to stop to be aware to be a genuinely conscious human being and to see what matters and that tradition tradition of exploring that takes its form one of the forms we explore is being here the form of of the place uh, a delightful environment uh, the kindnesses the general atmosphere all of that gives support for all of us to be uh, steady as we see into our existence what does it mean to be in this world what does it mean and that has taken many other forms over the centuries and there are still men and women who go to the cave still men and women who go to the desert go to the jungle go to the monastery go to the retreat center and take time and make time for some sense of discovery in fresh ways there for some for some of you perhaps part of the motive for coming and being here will be um, an element and an important and useful one in life of curiosity what is med- what, what is meditation what does it mean to to um, med- meditate and, and therefore to see if meditation itself has a contribution to make into one's daily life the proof of it the, the, the effectiveness of it and the usefulness of it can only be realized and discovered through one's experience we must experience and explore to see whether it's useful for us and the way that it can influence us in a helpful way in our day-to-day life and therefore your presence here is one aspect, one avenue really of saying well, what is meditation? Let, let me explore through my experience and let me see what comes from it in coming into uh, a situation for others it's not it's curiosity for others there might be very clear and obvious pers- personal issues which are taking place in one's life at the moment generally speaking those issues fall into three or four areas sometimes all of them of course uh, health issues physical health issues and during the uh, years 12 years now that we've been running uh, Gaia House there has been of course during the period of time a whole wide variety of people who have from serious very serious not so serious health issues and come here to see not necessarily though in some cases to see whether the meditation and the atmosphere can contribute to a healing process and it can it definitely can sometimes it doesn't affect the healing process itself but what it does do is give the person uh, a different kind of relationship and therefore takes some of the anxiety and the stress and the fear and the worry that so often accompanies health issues others may come on the retreat because there are emotional issues quite often related perhaps to the past 
and issues that have gone in the past or to people and others in the present and one knows that one needs some time and space for some uh, renewal and some quietitude to see well what's the depth of what's going on inside of oneself and the various emotional issues which can and do easily have an impact on our life others areas of uh, direction in life existential areas of who am I, what am I spiritual issues, what does spirituality mean, does it have any usefulness etc all of these can be contributing factors to bringing oneself into a situation and there's always a good percentage of people who if I was to say to the person why are you here, the person might say actually I don't know, I've just found myself here one partner may have been leaning on one to go on a retreat, I don't know or uh, one may have looked a few weeks ago and say, well what am I going to do between Christmas Day and January the 2nd well, what's going on well, I think I prefer a retreat to a B&B that's bed and breakfast for those of you who are lucky enough to live in another country and I find myself in this uh, situation and I'll just see what a, a retreat is whatever the background, whatever the reasons and whatever the motives and all the variations simple actuality is you and I are here here on this earth, here in this moment here in this situation, here with ourselves here with each other so all the reasons that might bring you and I here in this point of time in our life at this moment brings us together and that has its own awareness of what that means with the day and with the uh, retreat and its timetable and the fullness of, of the day even though as I said you might come with various issues you might come the way of the heart and the mind is it doesn't necessarily correspond to expectations its life is just doesn't fit in all that frequently with what we think it takes a long time to realize this but we're trying to understand this so one may say as people say many many times well I've come to Gaia House in this case and I've really got this issue to work on my relationship with this person or this chain, major change that's going on in my life or what am I going to do with 1996 or the new millennium or whatever the thinking might be one comes here sits in the silence, walks in the silence of things and there may not be any of that going on one may think I'm going to have to deal with all my childhood traumas there may not be any of that going on so here we're not <coughs> looking for something to be going on we're actually being respectful and in touch with the immediacy of our experience and to see from the immediacy of our experience what is to be discovered what do we need to realize what, what is it that we truly need to understand and therefore not here purposefully trying to get in touch with something except perhaps the here and now situation except the immediacy of life where you and I 
have our presence and have our being. In the the day just before coming in, one of the managers pinned up the notice board on the notice board the timetable for tomorrow, and. If it's your first time at Gaia House and after the talk and the short sitting this evening you go out the door and then you look at the timetable you might find it rather uh, formidable and you think, oh my god, is this a retreat or a military camp? And actually military camps are lighter. And if you look on the, the, the timetable the start of the day is about uh, 6 o'clock in the morning and it runs through till about 9.30 uh, in the evening with a two-hour period at lunch, uh, lunchtime. And, but having said that, with regard to the timetable and the movement through the day of sitting and walking through, through the day, it's a timetable which, has a, which we uh, employ a spacious approach to it. In other words, if you're very tired, if not another another word, one just doesn't feel like entering into this room to sit on one's cushion and face one's existence or whatever, then Russell and I, and when Christina uh, is here, um, won't be pursuing you um, around the house, knocking on (laughs) toilet doors and things, etc. So there's there's a timetable but each person here is um, an adult and takes responsibility for herself or himself in terms of the, of, of the day and the rhythm of the day. And so that might mean, particularly for a number of you who have uh, travelled some uh, distances, today Russell's just come from uh, uh, Dublin and, and others have come further afield, then of course if you're feeling very tired at 6 a.m., uh, uh, in the morning, and it seems utterly unreasonable to start moving at that time of the day, then please do take a little bit more rest and sleep. And if you are sharing a room with others, then others who uh, uh, get up at that hour of the day to be rather quiet and mindful and therefore respectful to those who need some extra rest. And after the six o'clock period, which is a general exercise period, then at 6.45 there's a group sitting through until 7.30 and then at 7.30 there's the breakfast time of the day and it's the only time of the day of breakfast I should add and in that period of time uh, hopefully people if they're hungry will be uh, up and about. With the day itself and from morning through to uh, evening there are variations in a simple way of the form but with common threads which unite the form. The common threads which unite the form include of course mindfulness. It it includes the dedication and commitment as many moments as possible to being a conscious human being here and now. It's bringing consciousness to bear on life. Many things which you and I do are often done with a minimal amount of consciousness, hardly conscious. We can live in such a sleep state, we can live with such habits and such patterns 
and such controlling influences over our consciousness many of course are quite unsatisfactory that we are hardly conscious that's one precious element that a human being has often we hardly exercise it and so to be conscious is uh, the first step shall we say towards realization towards being a genuinely insightful and free human being and we simply take in fact through the rhythm of the day um, the ordinary and the everyday things to be conscious of and thereby establishing in the here and now a relationship to the ordinary and the everyday so it's not a spirituality of vague abstract metaphysics it's not a, a spirituality which is divorced from the presence of life but it's one intimately connected with it and to be intimately connected with life we need to be conscious it's the one effective indicator to you and I <coughs> when we're conscious we're connected as you and I know we can walk from A to B go from A to B and we can hardly recollect going from one place to the other where was I we say to us well, so spaced out, so daydreamy so dull, so bored so reactive, so caught up etc and there's of course some element of consciousness there but consciousness is largely when it's open and steady it, one doesn't feel to be living in repetition one doesn't feel to be living mechanically and, and therefore consciousness is a heart-opening signal. With the day we employ as useful resources and simple uh, aids uh, for that some time-honoured methods and techniques and the methods and techniques really to facilitate conscious existence and in the sitting posture one form in the walking posture in the standing posture, when we recline to take sleep at night, um, in eating, etc. If we really bring with um, some interest and vigilance our interest to today, we'll find quite naturally and in a very beneficial way much less uh, entering into memory, 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 recalling, 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 and all the pain and nostalgia that go and go along with it or with regard to the future and endless planning endless thinking about endless worrying about endless uh, um, anticipation of and how so much of that actually is not a state of being in touch with life because life is immediate it's actually a state of being out of touch with it and when we are obsessing about the past or, out the, or about the future we're not really in touch with life we're in touch with, a, with a, an interpretation of it with a, um, a stream of anxious thinking about it but not actually with it and meditations and insight meditation tradition says let's get our act together let's really get some touch with life feel the experience of life very very directly and that naturally and organically will have a beneficial effect on the way we feel 
on the way we think, the way we are, because we're not victims and stuck living in memory or living in planning. Of course memory has a part to play in life, of course it does. Planning, of course it has. People like my, 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 myself and a number of you here, I have to go this, this year. Middle East, India, Australia, United States, Continental Europe, Gaia House, now all that requires over a year with myself and the, and the people who uh, invite me, a lot of planning. But it's just, there's a kind of time and place for it to do the planning, make the phone calls, make the bookings, organize the time, a year ahead in advance, blah, blah. But it actually, when one actually looks at one's life, the amount of time that one requires for consideration of the future is about 1% of one's existence. No, I'm exaggerating. 0.1% is needed. Very, very little. But, but sometimes we just go to the past or go to the future because somehow or other we're losing something. We can't feel something about life, feel something about the present, whatever, wherever we are. And because we get out of touch with that, our life becomes uh, a, a kind of bulldozing over our mind in, from past, present and future, future, past, present, up and down the, what is the Buddha would call the three fields of existence and we're running up and down all three of them. Is there any wonder there's no peace of mind? Peace of mind is for those who have presence and steadiness here and now and then usefully and wisely have the resource of the past to use. Usefully, wisely have the resource of the future with that immense flexibility that's required that however the thought may be and however the well-intentioned, no guarantee of result. That wisdom will safeguard human beings from tremendous suffering. If every time you and I think about the future with a certain plan, intention, wholesome and healthy as we would like it to be, but not an investment in the result. And understood something about life. And all of this we want to absorb for our well-being and for our natural wisdom and intelligence in this kind of situation. In the sitting posture, it doesn't matter one iota whether you sit on the floor, whether you sit and use uh, one of the wooden uh, stools which is uh, provided, or whether you use a, a chair. This is entirely optional. Just because uh, Russell and I are uh, sitting uh, uh, cr uh, cross-legged or whatever, probably because we're too lazy to climb up on a chair, I'm not sure. But there are chairs are available. What's most important is the state of the inner life not the shape that your legs are in. And with that, particularly for those of you who have any history of um, back problems, injury, leg injuries, and those things, do please be extra caring and sensitive that it's not an endurance test to come into the meditation hall and uh, prove to oneself anything. Nothing to prove here. So, with the meditations, leave it up to you how you pace yourself 
in whatever posture feels useful and appropriate. One of the things which is beneficial in the formal meditation period is that the back is reasonably uh, straight. And if there's some straightness of the spine and some expansion in the chest and diaphragm area, keeping things open, it allows the body to breathe a little bit more easily and, and freely. And the simple measure for that in the sitting is that when you sit, if you just roll the uh, formal posture, the hips forward a little bit, it helps to bring the stomach out, bring the chest out, immediate posture, immediate there. And if you're feeling quite alert and have still have some uh, energy, then the eyes can be closed. And if you're feeling rather uh, tired and uh, exhausted for all the sound reasons that one might be, then might be useful to have the eyes open for a little period of time and that just helps to keep one a little bit more alert, conscious and awake. In the sitting meditation with the instructions we generally give initially more care and attention to the breathing and there's the mindfulness of breathing in, mindfulness of breathing out and tomorrow morning in the first sitting after breakfast there's uh, immediately after breakfast there's the work period and then from the work period there's uh, sitting and at first 15 minutes of the sitting I'll talk to you in much more detail about the uh, method and the technique and working with tiredness, working with pain, working with discomfort, wandering mind and all of that I'll uh, speak to you much more about. With the day as well there are times when Russell and I and we'll be here all through tomorrow meeting with you um, we'll be seeing you that takes place uh, in terms of um, primarily tomorrow small group meetings and with the small group meetings generally speaking about 8 people in a small group may be held in room 7 maybe uh, in, the, in the living room there and in the small group it's a chance and opportunity for us to uh, answer uh, any questions that you might have whatsoever about things, whatever you wish to ask about, and also equally we get the same chance uh, with you as well. And in the small group, of course, people have the opportunity to listen to what other people's concerns are, and probably that's one of the most valuable things about small groups, this peculiar pattern of human human beings who if, if having a difficult or hard time listen to others having equally a difficult and hard time one feels better immediately there's, there's nothing worse in life it seems than be having a hard time and then to imagine everybody else is better off and uh, obviously it's not the case and the small group uh, quite often people are listening to somebody else and say my goodness what's going on with that person their knee pains or their agitation or their restlessness or whatever it might be is exactly what's going on with me exactly very language sometimes is virtually identical to your neighbours and where's the difference who would be so bold 
as to say human beings are unique and separate creatures from each other when so much of life experience is so common and so shared where is the uniqueness in us so small group meetings have a chance to reveal and show some interconnectedness between us and we also make spaces for one-to-one meetings uh, as well and tomorrow morning Russell and I will put up on the notice board the timetables for the small groups and uh, the one-to-ones and from the form that uh, you filled out um, we'll, put your, we'll take your names uh, from, from there and as a general uh, rule with, with that Usually, whether we're partners and close friends, we, I don't know why really, but we have the tendency to separate them from each other. And not, not that we're into isolating people from each other, you understand, but um, sometimes people who know each other come on retreats, but they want it to be a silent retreat. And that can be a little bit easier if, if they're not in the same group, because if they do hear about what the other put their partner or their mother, or whoever it is, uh, is, is saying it can generate all sorts of thoughts uh, for the rest of the retreat. And it's a slight protection for those who come with their offspring, or whatever. So, in, in the day it, itself uh, <coughs> as well, as I mentioned briefly, there is the work period, and your cooperation with the work period is uh, tremendous support for, for Guy House. Uh, one of course part of spiritual life and practice is conscious of the activities which employ work whether it's indoors or outdoors or whatever the form that you sign up and your assistance there is very much appreciated and equally of course if we didn't have your support in that way it means we'd have to employ people and that would mean the daily rate would be more and so all of these gestures really help us at Gaia House and therefore for retreatants to come and we try as much as possible to uh, keep the daily rate as low as we can and that's one of the primary considerations of Gaia House Trust and as a number of friends have said who work in similar fields like you know psychotherapists and friends like that have said to us many times you know it's unbelievably cheap here and, but it's a principle of providing a service to people and that's why the teachers don't um, make a charge uh, for their service it, that's why the uh, managers at Gaia House work on a pathetically small stipend embarrassingly small, I'm not even going to say what it is a stipend per month and all of that is what is the very concrete activity of helping us to keep things as low as, as possible. Um, just at this time, although the ink isn't dried on the paper and money hasn't been uh, uh, exchanged yet, but a number of you do do know that uh, Guy House uh, is very much in the process of moving at the moment. And about four months uh, ago, Christina uh, saw a local uh, item that uh, a nearby convent was put up for sale and the convent is 10 minutes walk across the fields from here and the 
it was through a secret tender and namely the trustees of the convent uh, authorized an estate agent to put the house on the market they advertised widely there were 56 viewings of the property 11 tenders were submitted and this is a good example of future thinking and planning and not being dependent on results and we, all of us were rather tested rather well for our uh, equanimity on that um, but fortunately the uh, trustees uh, accepted our uh, tender and so we've secured this convent and we'll be shifting from uh, 14 bedrooms to 54 bedrooms and there'll be a rather large ex number on our mailing list who will breathe a sigh of relief ah, oh, single bell, what a bliss and there are others who very much appreciate the shared room situation as well of course and they and with the large chapels the nuns at the convent know us well they're very happy that it didn't go to commercial use that it has come to us and so people will be able to sit in a meditation hall four or five times the size of this and we'll be able to sit without every time they move rubbing somebody else's knee which is the situation in here at times so all this is part of the transition that Gaia House um, is entering into um, during these next, next few months that there. But as I say, we have our retreat here, uh, time here, and of course the last uh, uh, New Year's retreat, we anticipate, and in that to give one's maximum time and care to our time here and now, and remembering in that, in the, in the sitting meditations, in the walking meditations, that of course we are not only here for ourselves, in terms of welfare and benefit and insight for ourselves but who you are in this world who I am in this world what you and I are in this world does have its impact it does influence other people to the degree our heart is open and warm to the degree that we have clarity of mind to the degree that we live with wisdom and kindness in this world that we find what the truth of things really is in this world that has its benefit on anybody that you and I know and further afield so in that respect we're not only here for ourselves but equally here for the welfare and the benefit of other people there's less greed, less aggression less anxiety less fear less control issues less demand on life greater clarity others benefit as much as we do and sometimes we do need in these situations as solitary as they are and the few days that they are to actually remind ourselves of we're here for ourselves and we're here for others both matter equally so let's just take a two or three minutes to uh, stretch the legs and then we'll have wish to go to the uh, toilet or whatever feel free to do so and in two or three minutes time I'll give the, the small bell here a ring and then we'll have a 15 minute uh, sitting together until nine o'clock and let's hope for a hot drink <coughs> eh? <coughs> 9.30 and so we'll finish here at uh, nine o'clock and then for those who want to take early night feel free to do so at uh, 9.30 if you wish there's a hot drink will be available to you so we just yes 
support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.